Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, we're in week three of Brother James, Brother James, and I'm excited to bring the word uh, to you this morning. I've had the privilege of taking off two Sundays, and I got to be honest, I really didn't miss preaching. I missed y'all, but sometimes you just kind of get used to, you know, sitting around, but um, God said you got to preach this Sunday, so I'm like, okay, God. Awesome. Hey, let's put our hands together for our first-time guest. Come on, let's celebrate. If you're first time with us, we thank God for you. So glad you're here. Even if it's your second or third time, it's still all new to you, but thank you for, for trying us out, trying out the crazy church. So glad you're here. Yes, today, um, like I said, week three. So I want to give you some context before we read, read the scripture. also want to prepare your heart. This is going to be a challenging one. Um, and I, I really encourage you. I mean, I, I was, uh, n- the 9 a.m., it was just all go. So <laughs> you may want to go home and, and uh, YouTube uh, the 9 a.m. We'll, we'll see how this one flows, okay? But um, let's pray, and then I'll give you context, and then we'll read. Father, once again, we just thank you, Lord, for, for being in your house. Um, thank you for this awesome summer day. Uh, Holy Spirit, by your power, open our hearts to receive your word, and may you find fertile soil that we would bear fruit in due time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so let me give you some context. Uh, Pastor Child did a great job opening the series. Um, Pastor Ed came through last last Sunday, and he tore it up up here. And um, so let me give you some context. So James is the brother of Jesus. We are a note-taking church, so if you're taking notes, go ahead and write some of these down, things down. If you're not, go ahead and write some of these things down. Um, and he was also, this is important to note, he was the top leader of the church in Jerusalem, yes. the, the, the head honcho. Uh, a lot of people think it was Peter, but it was actually James. Um, and, so, and so James' voice held a lot of weight in the church. When, when James spoke, people moved. Right, right, right. And, you know, you need people like that in your life, that when they speak, you, you, you move on that. Yeah. I, th- I think we've gotten away from, from that because we have so much access. Uh, we have access to so much information now. Like someone can tell you something and you'll go and read a blog or you'll go to your favorite news anchor or you'll go to your favorite celebrity and, and you forgot the thing that God gave you from this person and it's gotten drowned out from these other voices. James, when he spoke, because there was no social media, his voice held a lot of weight. And so... What, what was happening some 2,000 years ago was widespread persecution began, and, and the church began to leave Jerusalem and spread out to other neighboring Gentile cities. And as the church spread, churches were being started. And so James is, is hearing some, some good news and some bad news about these churches, and he has to write a letter to these Jewish believers who have been spread um, sometimes persecution and hard times are a good thing, um, especially for the church, um, because if we become too comfortable, uh, uh, we, we get used to our four walls and, and our worship and our, our relationships, and, 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 and sometimes God allows hard times so that the Christians can, can get out into the world and, and talk about Jesus. And so, um, but, but this was the issue. Here it is. This was the tension. These hard times, write this down, caused the believers to compromise their values. 
the, the tough times cause the believers to kind of lower some of their morals and their standards. And it was almost like they were using the hard times as an excuse to live messy. All right, we're just getting started. Y'all all right? All right, just, just checking, just checking, because that's about as easy as it's going to be this morning. All right, good, good, good. All right, all right, cool. So the hard times are causing them to, to compromise their, their, their morals. And so James wrote to address um, a lack of, write this down, a lack of application. Um, it was easier for them to say they were Christians than to actually live out their faith. And so, man, I'm, I'm reading through the book of James this week, and I'm like, man, where is the, where is the I'm going to be blessed? And I'm going to make it. And I'm looking and like, yeah, give me something, James. Give me something, James. No, not a good chapter. Uh, uh, and I just can't find it in James. It is there, actually. It is. But, but you know, it's just, you know, so, so, so you're being challenged. And today we're going to talk about prejudice. And, and I think this word is fitting for the season we're currently in as a nation. And um, the narrative out there is just, it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. And so. We're going to let Brother James talk to us a little bit. Okay. All right, so let's go to James. Where are you at, James? James 2, and we'll start at verse. James is trying to leave me, y'all. Sorry. Bear with me. All right, James 2, verse 1. All right, it says this here. Dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim, here it is, he's starting out the gate. How can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? If you favor, someone say favor, favor, some people over others. What he's saying is like you're, you're favoring some, you're favoring them over them doesn't line up with Christianity. Verse 2 says this here. For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting. This is just an example. So suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry. And another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? So the rich and poor is just one example of prejudice. Okay, so we don't want to get stuck there. I think when we read our Bibles, if we're not careful, we can get stuck. And, and God is trying to give us a deeper revelation on what he's really saying. Verse five says this, listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Because those who struggle financially, oftentimes all they have is God. So he's saying they tend to be richer in faith. I was studying and a theologian said that the greatest barrier to salvation for, for rich people is pride. So it's, it's this, I don't need God because all of my walls are tall and I'm good and I'm provided for. And, and he also said the greatest barrier for poor people to salvation is bitterness. So, so rich people are like, oh, I'm good. Poor people are like, man, I wish I had what they had. And, and both, if not careful, you can, you can miss God. And it says this here, 
Aren't they the ones, aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? Verse 6, but you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Verse 8, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Here it is. Love, this is what we call the golden rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. We got that from Jesus. It says this here, but if you favor some people over others, here it is, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. There are six, over 600 laws in the Old Testament. And, and James is saying, if you break one of them, you've broken them all. And, and part of that sin is partiality or showing favor. Showing favor. It says this in verse 10. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. Verse 11. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. Verse 12 and 13 in conclusion. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. So, so okay, okay. So the law of Moses did not set free. Here it is. The law of love set you free. And the law of love was fulfilled through Christ on the cross. And so what James is saying is that that law that set you free of your sins is the law that you're going to be judged by in terms of living it out. Meaning if you received the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, now as a believer, God expects you to, to extend that towards everyone. So he's saying you're going to be judged according to that free gift that you've been given, okay? And it says this here, verse 13, there will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. You know, I think once a year we do a book study where we go verse for verse through an entire book in the Bible. We do it through the summer. And the thing I really, uh, Lord, forgive me for saying this. I love you. I love your work. Mwah. The thing I, I really, as a preacher, though, as, as a human, I really don't like about book studies is that you can't jump. Like, it's like, uh, I'll read that part about, uh, hmm. I, I, I'll read that part about love your neighbor as you love yourself. Like, I'm good right there. But all these details about favoritism and judgment and that's some scary scary stuff you know i'd rather talk about understanding big dreams or uh even white robes our last series where we talked about end times you you can't can't dance around hell you know what i mean and so um <laughs> now, that's not funny hell's not funny um it's not but but what i picked up on in our generation is that i don't know what it is but our souls we fiend for truth. Like, I, I think we're over amped up. Like, we're over, you're going to make it. Like, we're over, like, you're going to prosper. We're, we need to hear that. We need, but I, I just, I've come to find out that as I've just sat here and taught, like, you guys are just ready to go. Like, just teach me God's word. Am I right or am I wrong? Come on, let's put our hands together for that. All right. So now that we're friends, let me go ahead and offend you. All right. <laughs> Set you up. Um, all right. Number one. Here it is. Got three big, three big thoughts. Number one. 
want to encourage you to monitor your people preference. Monitor your people preference. So, so James is saying that the rich were being cared for better than the poor. And he was hearing about this in these churches. And these churches were practicing people preference. Um, the, the, the idea or, or the, 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 the situation here is the sin, write this down, the sin of partiality. Partiality, sound it out. <laughs> um, this is when you unfairly regard a person or group of people more than others. You unfairly. And, and it's really all just based upon preference. And, and we know that preference plays out in a lot of different ways when it comes to people. Right. It can be um, skin color. It can be nationality. It can be socioeconomic. It can be political. I'll dive more into that here a little bit later. But I'm going to treat you a certain way because of how you look or where you come from. And in the eyes of God, this is sin. Um, and this is the sad part about it, is that we're going to come before judgment. A lot of people will, and they're going to say, well, I went to church. I built relationships. I made a difference. And God is going to say, well, you don't make it in. Jesus said, like, for some people, it's going to be like, I did all these things, but I never knew you. And, and the word that Christ uses there, I'm being cut off right now by a lot of people. The, the word that Christ uses there is the word of intimacy. Like when, when you're intimate with, with someone, if you're so blessed to, um, you produce something. You, you, you produce a child, right? And Christ is going to say to a lot of people who did the church thing, he's going to say, I never knew you because I wasn't able to get inside of you to produce me from you. Because the spirit of Christ is not, is not um, prejudice. Christ doesn't care about your political party. Christ doesn't care about the color of your skin. He, he loves it all. And so um, I'm already going a little bit too deep too soon. All right, all right, here it is. Here it is. So, so th th here are two reasons why this church was treating rich people differently than the poor. Here it is. Number one, oftentimes we get caught in the trap of, of what they can give us. We treat rich people differently or affluent or influential people because of what they can give us. And then number two is because of where they can take us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to watch that. You got, I remember when we started the church, uh, uh, we started with um, a guitar, uh, bass, and two vocals. Um, th there was no Francie. Th there was no, no Jason Tran. Uh, give it up for those two. They, they are, give it up for Jason and Francie. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> but but I, I had a gentleman reach out to me, and he, he asked, he said, well, you're starting a church. Do you need a, a worship leader? And uh, we're fine. You need to go through super steps. You know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, phenomenal guy. I looked him up on Facebook. He had a CD and all this stuff, and, and he wanted to be a part of the team and help us launch. No problem with that. You just need to be a greeter for three months. Then you can uh, worship on, on the worship team. Um, okay. And then, um, 
And then he was talking about fees and stuff, and I'm like, uh, we're good on fee. We don't have money anyway. We just launched the church. You know? and like, I can't even pay myself right now. And, um, and, and what God was guarding the church against was, was, was the fact that when, when you give people preference, if you're not careful, you can become prisoner to them. Prisoner to them. So, so James identified this issue of, oh, this person is putting this amount in the offering plate. This person is putting less. And James didn't want the church to get caught in the trap of, of catering to these people while missing what these people needed. And, and, and so um, go ahead and write this down. Man, here it is. Watch your preferences. Man is not the solution to your problems. That there's currently someone in your life whispering something sweet in your ear. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to just tell you, he or she is not the solution. N- nor, here it is, nor can men fill the emptiness on the inside. So you had these church leaders accommodating these people because the church felt like they lacked something. And, and I love the story. The first king of Israel, King Saul, um, the children of Israel chose him. Right. So, so God didn't want them to choose a king. God wanted to be their king. God wanted to be their leader. But because Israel wanted to be like the rest of the world, uh, much like the church, we struggle with that. Like we, we, God is here and mm, hell lost another one. I am free. And we worship and we get free. But we leave the doors and, and we struggle to want to be like the world. And God said, I don't want to do this, but because you want it so bad, I'm going to give you a king. But I'm going to tell you, because I love you, it's not going to work out. That's how God is. He's a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. A good father will not withhold. You know, if you want it, you want it. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to be bad. So he, he started out good. He, he was good. But then his character started to break down. And he was leading them in a very bad way. And God said, I'm done with him. I've chosen a man after my own heart, a man. This was actually a teenage boy. And so he sends the the nation's prophet Samuel to Jesse's house where this teenage boy is, the second king. And he's about to inaugurate the second king and anoint him, set him apart for kingship. And so Jesse brings in his oldest son, Eliab, the one with the good hair. The one with the muscles and, and the right height and the right skin complexion and the right tone. And even the prophet's like, wow, our new king. And God's like, no. So you pastor can get it wrong, too. You know, spiritual leaders get, get it wrong, too. And it's like, this got to be the one. God's like, nope. Okay, next one. Oh, wow. This has to be the one. Oh, no. Okay, next one. And they go through seven sons. And he asked Jesse, he's like, I know I'm in the right house. Um, are there any more? Jesse's like, oh, there's the baby boy. Um, he's out in the yard with a sheet. He's wearing a superhero shirt. He's, he's greeting at the front door. And, and Samuel said, good, get him. We will not sit until he gets here. And, 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 and so 
but, but while Samuel was struggling with all these others, this is what God said to Samuel, 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We can clap that up. Monitor your people preference. Your eyes are so fixated on that business, that job, that person, that organization, that group. The question is, is have, have you stopped to ask God what he thinks about him? Should I engage that organization? Should I link up with this guy? Should this be my church home? You, you really need to, to ask, ask the Lord. And, 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 and just, just know this, too. I, I'll be honest. Like, my life has been built on. And I, I, I love my life. My life isn't perfect, but I love it. Lord knows I love it, and, and we're only going to go further. I, I've come to find this out, that the greatest blessings come through seemingly insignificant people. And, and if you're not sensitive to your interactions throughout the day and throughout the week, you can be passing a lot of divine connect. And I, I remember Miss Miss Bell, um, our school secretary back in elementary. She never she would never lead a church as, as big as ours or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But she played a pivotal role in in my life. You just you you never know. Seemingly insignificant people are the ones that God is attempting to monitor your your people preference. Mm. Number two, treat others how you'd like to be treated. Treat others how you'd like to be treated. Okay? Five hundred years prior to Christ the Assyrians came back to Jerusalem after Israel was exiled because of unrepentance. And the Assyrians came back because Nehemiah was building the wall. And they wanted to monitor the Israelites. And even some people were there to prevent Nehemiah from building the wall. They began to intermarry with the Jewish people. And so creating this mixed race called the Samaritans. Someone say Samaritans. 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 And so... Uh, not only were they a mixed race, but they were idol worshipers. And so the Samaritans mixed idol worship with Judaism, right. and, the, and the pure Jewish people did not appreciate this. Right. Okay, And so Jewish people considered them half-breeds. Someone say half-breeds. 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 And here comes Jesus, fast forward 500 years, doing his thing, yes. healing people, casting out demons, preaching the gospel to people. And so Jesus is on this, this track. He's going on a ministry journey, and, and, and he's like, I'm about to cut through Samaria. And the disciples are like, we're Jewish, bro. Peace out. We're going to go get some need. And so they went and got some food. Here comes Jesus cutting through Samaria. Someone say Samaria. 
I want to nickname Samaria a few things. Y'all ready? This is the line of Samaria. This is the border. We can nickname it the border of division. We can nickname it the blue state border. We can nickname it the red state border. We can nickname it the Trump supporter. Oh, yep, there it is. I struck something right there. That's what God's after. Mm -hmm. It's the Trump supporter line right there. Here's Jesus. That's the line. The line of division. The black line, the white line, the Asian line. We, we don't cross those lines. We don't, we're not peaceable with those people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say it again. The Trump supporter line. <laughs> I love it. Mm. Here's Jesus, as he often did. And it says this in John 4, 7 through, 7 through 10. Let's go ahead, and, go ahead and pull that up. It says, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And it says, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. Verse 8 says this. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Verse 9, the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. Hold on, where my line? The Trump supporter line. The Democrat line. The Republican line. The black line. The Hispanic line. They refuse. Refuse. Like That means they, they would turn their backs on them. Hmm. Mm. that's how they would treat them they called them dogs and yeah. half breeds can we talk about it yeah. verse, verse, verse 9 says this here the woman was surprised you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman why are you asking me for a drink Jesus replied if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to you would ask me and I will give you living water. See, th this is typically where we stop. And the only other option is to either have an argument or throw blows. Right? But, but Jesus, Jesus always wanted to cross the line in order to serve people. In, in order to love people. In order to hear people out. In order to make peace. Jesus always was willing to cross the lines that, come on, put your hands together for this, that we're not willing to cross. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Jesus crossed, here it is, you can write this down, racial, ethnic, religious, and political lines. All the time. And this is what James is saying. If you claim to be a Christian and you're not crossing lines, it's hard to believe 
your profession of faith. It's hard. I'm glad I raised another one. I am free. Let me tell you, if you're prejudiced, you ain't free. If you're on social media saying stupid stuff, you ain't free. You ain't free. You're just as bound as the ones that you're criticizing. Cross the line. Here it is. This is so good. Write this out. Those that we dislike the most are the ones that we are called to treat the best. If you would ask me, I would give you water. Mm. Not like, oh, snap, you're a Samaritan. What am I doing? Oh, my God. You're dogs. No, no. If you would ask me, I, I, would, I would give you water. Those that we dislike the most are the ones that we're called to treat the best. Let, let me, let me uh, do something. Um, Francie, come on up here. Francie, come on up here. Um, uh, Brandon, come up here. Um, just kind of start lining up. Right, come, come up to the stage. Um, Anthony, come up here, please. Um, Kieran, where are you? Where's Kieran? Come on, come on up here. Mm-hmm. Y'all can stand a little further. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That ain't appropriate right now. Um, Pastor Chow, come come up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, come here, please. Come on up, come on up, come on up. Come on up. Uh, Lance, come on up. Come on up. Uh, Rashawn, come on up. Yes, cool. I was, I was impressed by the Holy Spirit to, to say this. And maybe the 9 a.m. would have thought I was tripping, tripping, for real, for real. But, but it was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I'm going to go here again. Y'all ready? Might not see y'all next weekend. I loved you. I just know that. <laughs> loved you. I did it for you. I did it for you. <laughs> I'm stupid. Sorry. Um, what am I doing? I'm totally tripping. Sinus drip. Um, I'm going to tell you this. This this, this what this what this is what the Holy Spirit impressed upon my heart. Okay, here it is. And then I'm going to substantiate it with scripture. Black people are too black. Y'all all right? They out there? They still there? Okay. Yeah, all right, good. My man. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm good with you. You got the muscles. I'll say anything I want right now. Yeah, y'all say something. Here it is. White people are too white. Hispanic people are too Hispanic. Too Hispanic. I mean, we, we clean tightly. You know what I mean? Like, I'm black and I'm proud of it. We black. 
what, what God is saying is you need to, you need to loosen your grip. Because you, you, you lift that stuff higher than you do your identity in Christ. And Christ was always. And that's what he was saying to his disciples, like Jewish people too Jewish. He's like, Mm-mm, that's lame. The world is bigger than your skin color. The world is bigger than your context. The world is bigger than your neighborhood. Mm. And I'm just be honest. The, these men who are on the stage, had it not been for them, and I mean, I don't just mean ministry and them serving as superheroes. I mean personal things that they have done for me and and my family. We've cried together. We've prayed together. We're we're building something great together that's going to touch the world. But but if I'm so if I'm so true <laughs> if i'm so this i don't get him in my life 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 do you do you hear me so we're talking about kingdom and, and the kingdom don't care about I'll, I'll put to you this way if you read acts chapter 2 when 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 the holy spirit birthed the church <laughs> when the holy spirit pushed the church out that baby came out mixed go, go read it it's in your bible acts 2 three continents were present africa europe and asia so i don't know what cnn is talking about i don't know what fox news is talking about i know what god is talking about i know what's real i know what's possible And this is the problem, is that Chris Cuomo and Anderson Cooper have become our spiritual fathers. And I'm not trying to hear from them. I want to hear what Brother James has to say. Thank you, gentlemen, so much. I love you guys. Come on, give them a hand clap. So, so write this down. How do I want to be treated? Mm, that thing was anointed. Man, I thought the 9 a.m. was good. That was good right there. That, that holding on to France, you just... You miss all these beautiful souls that God wants to bring into your life. How do you want to be treated? Write that down, and I'll answer the question. We all want to be heard. We all want to be respected. We all want to be celebrated. And so now our call, your call, is to extend that same attitude and grace and actions towards the people you like the least. But because even Christ said, what good is it for you to love the people that you're friends with? He said, even evil people do that. Matthew 5, he said, that's easy sauce. He said, evil people feed their kids. 
I, I don't know. Right now I'm studying. Um, y'all all right? Okay. Whoa. Uh, right now I'm studying. Um, this is a short message, actually. I'm almost done. Right now I'm, I'm kind of looking into um, just kind of studying what happened in Germany during the Nazi regime. And, um, and, and so as, you, as you're looking at some of the documentaries, like how could we get that low as a society to where a group of people with a certain ideology had the audacity to do what they did? And, and if we're not careful, we can, <clears throat> that, we can dip that low. And, and so as Americans, we got to be praying. But, um, but you'll see certain thumbnails of videos on YouTube, and it's like um, Hitler home videos. Right, and and he has kids that he's hugging and kissing on and treating well, and it's like you had love in your heart. Wow. Wow. You actually showed people compassion when you, wow. in your backyard you had over eight million, and that's what Jesus is saying. He said it's easy to not cross the line. respect people you disagree with. Celebrate them. Hear them out. Romans 12 says this, live in harmony with each other and don't be too proud to enjoy the company, I love this, of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can do to live in peace with everyone. Paul, Paul is saying, extend unconditional peace. When I pause, y'all, it's because I'm studying it. I'm sorry. I'm do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And you just meditate on that for like an hour. So, so by the power of the Holy Spirit, Paul is saying, I need to do all I can to, to bring peace. Mm. Treat others the way I want to be treated. Treat others' children the way I treat my kids. I want to be heard. I want to be celebrated. I want to be respected. I need to extend that. I'm telling you, if, if, if the church, not even the world, we're not expecting the world to get this, right? But if the church would do this, we turn, we turn the world upside down. I, um, my wife will tell you, next point, be good to others, be good to people, and God will be good to you. Write that down, write that down. Be good to people and God will be good to you. The way I see that is, because James said, show mercy and you will receive mercy. Like, if, if God has given all this, these second chances and providing and feeding us and Christ died for us and all that goodness is shower it down upon us. We're called to be conduits of it, and, and it has to go horizontal. My wife will tell you that um, I can't go out to eat without 
checking on our waiter, our waitress. And it's just small talk, but it's genuine. It's, hey, my name is, how can I take your order? I'm like, how are you doing today? I start a whole, con- Pastor Ed told you I was nosy, you know what I mean? <laughs> I start a whole conversation. Are you in school? Where are you from? Do you have any kids? You know, yeah, I got that. That's cool. What are their names? Like, this is all before the appetizers even order. Like, um, just checking on people. And um, I doubt they've gotten that from their manager. I doubt they've gotten that from their assistant manager, their shift team leader. I doubt that a customer has came by and even cared to ask those things. And the sad part about where we is as a generation is we've sucked the humanity out of each other. And James is saying, reinstate that. Stop for a moment. Check on people. Understand that there's someone out there going through something tougher than you. And in every interaction, you have an opportunity to minister. You don't even got to mention the name of Christ. Just be nice. Be generous with your encouragement, generous with good words, generous. And as a Christian, if it's within your means, you should leave the best tip. Mm -hmm. Be good to people and God will be good to you. Write this down. Commit. Commit this week to being good to everyone you encounter. Your boss, your coworkers, your employees. Say, I commit this week to being good. I'm going to show mercy. I'm going to be a little bit more patient. Despite skin color, despite political, I'm going to be good. Proverbs 11.25 says this, the generous, someone say generous. Generous. Mm -hmm. Not just talking about finances. You can be generous with all good things. Will prosper those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Mm. A lot of people ask, man, how how did eight people move from all across the country to converge here. I was just good to him. Just, just good to him. Just, just good to them. It's mannerable. I was nice. Challenged them. Prayed for them. Just good to them. And when you're good to people, they'll go to the ends of the earth for you. But when you're nasty. Nasty people are bitter people. But when you're good, it's because you have a revelation of how good God is to you. So you just extend it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Mm. Mm. Lord, we, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for...
the gift of conviction. It's not always comfortable. But you convict us to draw you closer, to draw us closer to you. And so, God, for anyone who's a believer and a follower of Christ, Lord, I pray that you would give them the strength and the grace to honor you. To treat others well, to be good to people. Lord, right now, collectively, we we repent, we turn from any prejudice in our hearts and we lift it up to you Lord we ask Lord that you will help us to be more open help us to be peacemakers Mm. give us patience give us wisdom we want to show the world the living Christ every head bowed, if there's anyone here who does not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I just want to give you an opportunity today to come to him. We're going to pray a prayer, and all you got to do is just extend your faith and open your heart and receive him into your heart, and all your sins will be forgiven. Pray together with me right there in your your seat. You're going to receive him today. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. Forgive me for my sin. Today I give you my life. I thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. Father, I thank you for raising Jesus from the grave so that I would have eternal life. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate. Thank you.